Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos. Today is September 29th, 2018, and we continue the archetype of Libra, which is above the horizon. Last week, we began with the equinox. There are two equinoxes where on this planet, the light has equality which is in many ways the basis of Libra. It is the axis, including Aries, the opposite, which is the self. And through the bottom part of the horoscope, the self develops into their own person. And this full personage now is entering the light of the seventh house. And the light increases above the horizon where it had been dark below. And this relationship relates to that balance in Libra. So tonight we, and I will immediately identify, we had scheduled a speaker to join me, Rose, June Rose, I should say, Trimbach, who had been on earlier during Taurus. And most unexpectedly, her father died last night, and she will not be joining me. However, she and I spoke briefly. She, June is very involved with mythology, which I adore myself, and so we were conferring on different mythologies. And she brought up a very wonderful philosopher, pre-Socrates, that I will mention later that really embellishes and involves a lot of these, um, the start and thought of, of Libra as far as balance, and we'll go on with that. So I do offer my deep sympathy, and it is a time when Venus, who rules Libra, happens to be in Scorpio, and next week, um, and Scorpio is really an energy that has, it follows Libra, and it, it is important to consider, especially, you know, it, with the consistent talks here, because, because Venus is in Scorpio, and next week it'll be retrograde, and Laura Todd will be joining me, who has also spoken before, and we'll be discussing that at length. But it, it remains this way, because since last week with the equinox, this energy lasts for weeks. And also, we, I pulled up various of the, the distinctive uh, planets on Solar Fire, which I can. That's a program for astrologers. And that one purchases. And it came up with a couple of years. And meaning that um, 
so I will I will continue. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to pull together many threads here. And the point is, is that Isaac Newton was one of those threads. It was in 1680. And he has a translation of the Emerald Tablet of Hermes, which has a lot to do with Venus. And mind you, I'm going to pull together a couple of ideas because Venus in Scorpio is a star, a Venus star point, and that's when the sun and Venus connect. This happens during its eight-year cycle five times. It relates to many cycles. But generally, at this time, we have, they're in pairs, and but at this time, it's two to three degrees Scorpio. So the fact that Venus is in Scorpio, later on, Mercury is going to be ingressing. That's an astrology word for when it transits into a sign. It, it, it continues this very strong uh, influence that Scorpio is, is experiencing, that we are all experiencing with Venus which I began this whole thread because of June's um, loss and that in, in conjunction to some degree here that and also to say that last week we talked about the equinox and it is this long pattern. And when I pulled up those planets, such as one of them was to do with Isaac Newton when he wrote his great principle of, uh, of gravity, um, this whole energy theme of these planets that, that I pulled up will be from last from September 10th to Halloween, actually. And Venus right now in Scorpio is ruling Uranus that's in Taurus. And Uranus is squaring the nodes. And the nodes are related to the moon. There's many cycles with astrology. So Scorpio has a great deal to do about power and powerlessness. You either have power or you don't have power. When one begins to realize that depth. And it's the empowerment because if something is giving you life, it empowers you. You have power uh, to be. Although if we understand power can be used in many ways, but we're talking about just the power of being. And it, when things have decayed or are not being utilized in life, the resources, the exchange, it's a relationship sign too. Remember, we're above the horizon. So in other words, it's not just the self, it's a self in conjunction with these other aspects of the access from below. And that goes along with the hermetic philosophy. I'm tying all this in, as I hope you're following uh, through the thread. And in other words, what doesn't give us life anymore is a death. And a death has a rebirth. In the hermetic philosophy, which does relate to what uh, this great philosopher that June was wanting me to bring up during our conversation have to check all my notes here, uh, which I will come up with in a moment. But at any rate, 
the hermetic philosophy has to do with as above, as below. And there's many translations of this. It has, there's thought that it went back to a person named Hermes. And of course, Hermes is also called Mercury. It's all when we are talking about the ancients and we're talking back to Egyptian times, Babylonian times, Sumerian times, leading up to the Grecian times and Roman times. The language and the way of sharing the knowledge that and the wisdom and the insights that they had were, of course, based on their reality at that time. And it had a lot to do with nature. Now, with Uranus in Taurus, that is body and spirit. Uranus, the god, was the sky. And Taurus represents Gaia, the earth. And Venus, ruling both Taurus and Libra, has to do with value systems and has to do with how we integrate that spirit and matter. And this gets back to, again, Hermes and the golden tablet. Gemini Brett, if any of you are a fan of his, which I am, and he has YouTubes galore and a great astrologer, speaks again and again and again about Hermes and the Emlet. Emerald Tablets, and I happened to buy this book that is called The Emerald Tablet of Hermes and the Kabbalion, and it is published or edited by Dr. Jane Maati, that's M-A-apostrophe-A-T-I, Smith, and there's many translations, and it is this, and it relates all to Venus also because Venus as contributing towards the balance of ourself with others through relationships, through the growth of relationships, through the full self and what we lack and therefore finding compensation in partnerships has a lot to do with the hermetic philosophies. This translation is by Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, as we have mentioned perhaps several times, was a great alchemist. And alchemy is the change. It's change. It's it's not uh, what would be the word, abracadabra. It's really just the element of night going into day, day going to night, the sun coming up, the sun setting. I mean, those are obvious examples of change. So Trent, Isaac Newton in 1680, which also relates closely to those dates that when I pulled up, and these are the planets I pulled up that are pertinent right now, I mean, of some um, substance, would be Uranus in Taurus, which because it's square in the node, Venus in a, uh, Scorpio. I was trying to figure out when in history are these times also similar. And Mars in Aquarius, because that is very involved right now. They're squaring Venus and Mars. And there's a lot with relationships about male and female. We might know in our public arena of life as below or as above as below we're with this square focused as a nation in the United States of America a great deal on essential characteristics and elements of how we perceive the truth of femininity or masculinity as one way of calling it 
And actually, I would prefer, and I will jump to this right now as a book that was mentioned last week by Wendy Weirich, Solar Light, Lunar Light, Perspectives in Human Consciousness. I went and bought it by Howard Tick, T-E-I-C-H, Ph.D. And really, his attitude is, which I think is a good perspective to gain, that what has been called, and even through the Hermetic philosophy and Kabbalion, as, well, not so much the Hermetic philosophy, but the Kabbalion, as such as that other book I was referencing, is that one of the seven principles is gender. And gender has been defined as feminine, masculine, or which even electricity has this concern. And so I return to the idea of solar light and lunar light, which really gets back to the equinox when the light for a moment was equal, touching, and then again shifting. And the shift brings out the creativity. And that essentially goes back to this idea of the hermetic philosophy of change. So back now again to Isaac Newton in 1680 as he translated the Emerald Tablet of Hermes. And this is the first line is always identified with various translations. Tis true without line, certain most true. That's your stage entry for the real thought. A little bit like nothing but the truth, you know, the truth and nothing but the truth, and you know, so that we are judged by in courts and stuff. So tis true without line, certain and most true. That which is below is like which is above. And that which is above is like yet which is below. And from this come admirable adaptations. Now I skipped a little between the below and the adaptations, but the fact is it's all change. And the fact is that we see this with our daily existence. Libra tells us this, that we have this full identity that we've worked on, the development of all those six houses down below the horizon, which is the horizon of the east and the west. The east is the sunlight comes like the sun, and that's our entry into the chart. And then in the descendant, as it uh, rises up to the... Um, the adjacent houses. So with all this balance that we're trying to do, one of the seven hermetic principles is gender. And I found this so fascinating because these ideas were brought by philosophers so long ago before we had electronic beep beep beeps you know outside our door our window on the curb wondering whose car is beeping all these interruptions people could concentrate they could relate they woke with the sun they went to bed with the moon they lived under the seasons and felt and experienced it and we have that moment now with Uranus and Taurus a long seven-year cycle. Astrology does look at 
the planets as they pass through the cycles. So many of our conversations have been more philosophical in some ways, but I am bringing up a lot of this astrology, which reminds me, I'm going to take a little break at this moment because I want to remind you that if you want to listen to any of the past archives, we go to talkcosmos.com and there's past episodes right there. All of the speakers are available. So in other words, and thank you for that little interruption here, um, because we do relate back and forth progressively more on this development of everything. But the fact is nothing, nothing ever is. That's what the hermetic principles say. It's rather a state of becoming and changing. Which in our world, we get so focused on what we see. What you see is what you get. There's an old adage like that. And what you can touch and feel and sense is. And surely with, ta- with there is this real dialogue right now going on with Uranus wanting to get to the authentic values of ourself that using our senses is what we do. But Venus is saying, hey, you know what? This is about an exchange of resources. And w- it's an exchange between people. And relationships, as we know, have a lot to do with actually the physical male and the female, and and for many good reasons. And, and this doesn't have to be just physical female, as I'm really pushing with all of this, to, the understanding that we ourselves have this within us. And in fact, in that Solar Light, Lunar Light book, which is a follow-up from last week, Howard Tick was saying that in his own path, he's a PhD, as his own path, he realized that he would look at astrology, no, at mythology. And mythology had many myths of twins that happened to be male twins. And it dawned on him, oh my goodness, if I have these, the feminine and the masculine, it could be that I have it could be solar and lunar, and it could be male sol- solar and male lunar, and same for female. And, and it goes back then, just understanding all this, I'm trying to bridge the difference, that in the Kabbalion, in the book Emerald Tablet of Hermes and the Kabbalion, says everything is dual. Polarities may be reconciled. There's paradoxes, pairs of opposites. Because there's no extreme without an element of the other. Now, that's yin and yang, the whole element that, that there is this intertwined two parts. But yet, like a homeopathy that takes the, the bitter, well, I don't know if it has to be bitter, but again, that's a, f- a philosophy that w- we could get into, but... Um, bitter, not that it's oh so sad, but there's a taste of bitter. You know, it's a it's an astringent. It's a certain kind of a physicality. But at any rate, it takes the opposite of something, and that everything has that. And in home homeopathy, you take almost the it can be toxic, but it's such a tiny little bit that it builds up this immunities, and there's a whole relationship with that. But the whole idea that they that the, of the dualities of this correspondence, as they say that really that creativity is that we need this polarity and this opposite, just like in the 12, so much that Libra can tell us. 
so much of understanding about relationships that just the fact that we have the self with the other and that it can be any relationship, ooh, which reminds me, because June's not here, I am opening up the entire session to phone calls, which I will stop and do a consultation reading with any of you. And that phone number is 425-373-5527. For the reason that what relationship am I having? Well, I'm having a relationship with myself and Venus, myself and Libra, myself and yourselves. The dimension goes on and on and on. So again, that number, and I'll bring it up once in a while, is 425 373-5527. And if it is going to be an astrology question, I need your name. Well, not so much your name. Your first name is fine. But I do need your birth data. That means where were you born? What time were you born? P-M-A-M. David will ask that information. So city, date, time. Okie doke. Yes, Libra is quite an experience. You know, we, we enter that arena, and just as far as an energy system, we've been working on our own thoughts. We've been creating our own direction, going forward, finding our resources, communicating in our environment, finding out where are we exactly, who's with us on this energy level in Gemini. Then there's the emotions. Oh, boy. Fourth house, our roots, our psyches, our processing, and we make our stories. Then in the fifth house, oh, boy, we get to create, manifest exactly, give that legacy of what, who we are. Have children. That could be our child. I mean, that, that energy, that creativity. The, the legacy of, of passing on this torch of life. Because it's all about life, really. And then sixth house, oh, let's see. Maybe uh, there was some perfection that I needed to work on because not only am I all about me, but in order to have that procreation and of, of creativity and that alliance of, of, uh, and, and what I might lack, I want to, to find that person in the seventh house that I can compliment and that I can... Uh, have partnership with I'm going to try to be the best that I can and 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 make order out of chaos because again we look at the polarity so I'm throwing a lot of stuff out but Libra with Venus that's where we go to many stories many mythologies and it has to do many times about love because if we're going to be dealing with the other Love is an eternal factor. How are we going to shift any kind of compassionate truth of a relationship without caring for the other? It's that extension of caring for yourself in order to find the depth of the equal person so therefore, by caring for them, too, as far as who they truly are, not trying to make them into what they aren't, as we learn, and, not per- and without projecting what we've missed by seeking and thinking, oh, good, we found that in somebody, but also thinking, oh, why do they have that in them, not realizing that that's our mirror, 
as we're talking because relationships are like this. So where do we see all this in mythology? That is many questions and many, many mythologies. And after this little announcement, I think we'll come back with that thought. And before, though, let me remind you, please do call in. And it'd be wonderful to talk. 425-373-5527. And we'll chat. Okay. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other than self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence. Just $125 for an hour and a half session about your life energies and significant current transits, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hello, this is Annie Hart, spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Hello, hello, Sue Rose Minahan. We do have a caller, but we haven't yet received their information, so I'll do a little chat. Aphrodite and Venus. Aphrodite was the goddess that came across the sea outside of Greece, into Greece, and was actually the goddess of the merchants a lot at that time, too. But Aphrodite, the goddess of love and of war, too. You know, love and hate. And it again gets back to that balance of, of, of changes in that. And the, oh, I wanted to quickly say, Empedocles, Empedocles was uh, the philosopher before Socrates that brought, that, that June wanted to talk about. And it's a matter of states of the, el- the element with element and that only change is possible occurring through from change. Well, Aphrodite and Ares, Ares, the god of war, had great attraction for each other and birthed harmony, which when you think about it, you know, is, is the perfect relationship of, of, of that 
perfection. And Aphrodite or Venus actually, with Hermes, birthed Harmonia, let's see, Harmo- was that Harmonia? Eros, a Cupid was with Aries, yeah, and Harmonia was with Hermes. Many different children in that. We'll soon be getting this. Do you have the person yet? Oh, okay, sorry about this, we'll go on. Hopefully I can throw this, this one legend out, or this one mythology out very fast. It's about Inanna. Inanna was before leading up, it was also a Venus archetype. And Inanna, when this has to do with the male and the female energies, in the very beginning, before Eve, there was um, Lilith. And Lilith was made out of clay with Adam and equal. And there was some difference of opinion about how this would be working out. And she was dismissed and Eve was brought from his rib, as, as we know in many, the Bible and whatnot, in many ways of, of our general common uh, thought from various peoples. But the point is, is that it was in order to have a bed. I mean, they were going to Inanna, and they had a bed for Inanna, and, and, and she was very represented. And I am thinking now, and I'm jumping, I'm not really giving this whole story out with Anana, which is so important. Anana is, because she, uh, the story of Anana is she descends down because Venus, you know, rises from the morning and goes behind as it goes retrograde. You can't see it. And so therefore it looks like possibly going under the earth, I mean, uh, you know, under the Hades or under, the underground, and then becomes the evening star. Fertility, you know, there's all wrapped up in all this ancient thinking. And and again, it has good sense because it is the change. It is the dynamics between the the lunar and the solar, whether it's the tides or whether it's the female and male that, that exists as bo- above as below and, and within and without. But the point is, is that this whole business of the female being dismissed, both by the female and by the male, is shifting. Times are shifting. You know, we've gone through many, many uh, centuries, six uh, 6,000 cent- uh, uh, years, actually, since uh, many uh, much of this has come about. And m- consciousness has changed from being a wholeness to all the shifts of the elements to creating the world we have. And back to the unity of sky and earth of Uranus. Okay, we will begin. I have Meryl. And Meryl, let me just pull up your chart. I got busy with that. But while I'm doing that, please tell me what you would like to talk about. Can she hear me? This has kind of fallen apart. Um, I'm disabled and can't walk, can't find work, and then my rent went way above my income, so I'm now homeless. And I'm trying to solve this and learn from this and be very positive 
Um, but I'm kind of feeling like there's a negative force pushing against my progress. So I would just welcome any kind of information that, that might shed some light on this. Okay, Meryl. Let me just pull this up. Generally speaking, there is this dialogue with the universe always, which I can recognize what perhaps if you're saying this, that where is my empowerment? Because there are factors sometimes that seem to be beyond our control. And so I'm and you were born in March, which immediately says you are a Pisces, yes? I think I'm the last second of Pisces. Yes. That's what I was told by another astrologer. It could well be because on the cusp of the 21st is definitely. And uh, and depending on the year, you know, it, the, the leap year and all of this, it could be just a little bit different. But, okay. you know, if it is, it is. It means that maybe it still is Pisces. In my book, I have 29 degrees Virgo rising, and I've struggled with that all my life. I have a Libra moon, and not to go about myself because it is about you, but I can identify this sometimes because there are very many different thoughts. Some people say, oh, well, that means you're going towards the next sign. But then again, I've heard wonderful astrologers, and I believe Laura Nalbandian, who is a longtime astrologer who organizes NORWAC here, that's Northwest Astrology Conference in Seattle, and president of Washington State Employee, not Employees, but um, Astrological Conference, and uh, I've taken classes from, it says it still has that imprint. It still has the imprint of that energy, meaning that Neptune is the planet energy that is talking with your sun. And Neptune involves the entire scope of the cosmos. You know, it is the totality mm. of nature, and it's a lot of chaos. You know, nature is chaos as it's, mm. right? So, in other words, it's not where we find we have control. We do, the sun is not an energy that we have dominion over. We can mm. make choices what we're going to do when it's sunny. We can decide, ah, it's sunny. Okay, I'm going to find a rock and sit on it and, and look at the shade, look at the light. Or we might say, oh, it's a warm day. I think I'll go in and or plant a seed, you know, in the ground or, or many, many, many choices, you know, that we have. And that's where we have our strength. But one with Pisces just, and here I'm talking without pulling up your chart, immediately just with that, because as you were speaking that you were saying things seem to be I picked up that energy that it can be a dilemma of knowing how to work uh, uh, supportively in relationship, coexistence, you know, uh, co-creation, as it's often said, you know, with life. Let me just take a moment and just pull this up, Meryl. While I do, what city are you living in right now? I'm not living in the city. I'm the homeless. But I'm, <clears throat> I was most recently in Mill Creek, and I hang around Mill Creek and, and Everett area mostly, I guess. Oh, so you are here in 
our I'm in neck Snohomish of the woods. County. Yeah. Yeah. In which county? I'm sorry. Snohomish. Oh, Snohomish. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, well, that might be. Okay. So let's see. Female. Let me pull this up. All righty. And let me just. Do you mind if I say over what uh, you were born March 21st, right? Right. Okay. Let me just see what it says. Oh, darn, I got the time wrong. An hour. You know the hour can make a difference. Have you ever had a reading before or anything? Yes, I've had several. Okay. And that's where I came up with the 453. It's been corrected for war times. Ah, yeah, I had five, actually, and I thought, nope, nope, should get the right glasses, and that's P.M., no, it's A.M. A.M. Okay, good. That's the first lesson, is always get the data right. Um, oh, why does it say Macedonia? We don't want that. Oh, I see, I have to do Washington, okay. Oh, no. Okay. Minneapolis. Okay. Okay, Minnesota. Got it. All right. So, is there... So, your question again. You want to know that things seem to be... What... I, it's chaos. Um, I would like to, to find a home where I can settle in and be organized and be myself because I'm living in my car and it's very disorienting. It's very unproductive. I have health issues. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. But I like being on the cusp of Pisces Aries because I've had to call on my Aries warrior side for most of my life. I consider myself a Pisces, but that doesn't, Yes, it's not enough. You, I, I really need to work at being the warrior to overcome all my challenges. So I'm thankful that I have the Aries energy. You do, right off the bat. And I can just support what you're saying. You have Mars right in the first house along with Capricorn rising. And, you know, it's not, not always important to perhaps state that, but you do have that n- desire to work towards goals and and get structure. There might be fear involved, and that can be a, the byproduct, fear or mastery. What are the goals? And this came from probably a long, well, I'm seeing something else here, but at any rate, so it is natural, and it's a strength. You know, it is a strength, but it is also, it can be uh, frustration when it's not happening, and one can't see necessarily what those steps are. But if that really isn't uh, a strength that you would need, uh, that, that works strongly for you is to, I mean, it's part of your natural identity is to want to find to go forward and to find steps. So, and master things. Yes. Through the challenges. 
Exactly, which means it's a process. You know, life is a process. Life is, um, you know, we forget as adults we may get impatient, and patience can be that. But at any rate, looking at this a little bit more, do you, what's your, and we can't go into too much depth here, and, and I really do appreciate your calling. I, and I would like to give something significant to you, but do you, have you ever done counseling with people, or do you have education that you can draw on, or? Well, I was a social worker for a while, and then I became disillusioned with that, and I was a nanny for 30 years, which was my heart's calling, and I thought I could do that until I died, and it, it, you know, I didn't know I was going to become disabled. Um, I would like to be a parenting coach, but most parents don't want to think they need a coach, so uh, I've been unable to get that off the ground, but I, from working for so many different parents over 30 years and watching them. I'm very observant, um, psychology major. I learned so much about parenting that was a surprise to me. And the, the children coming up here now are so different than previous generations. They need a different kind of parenting. And I'd like to get that word out. Whether it's whether it's writing or you know something, because I think I have some knowledge to share that could be valuable for the new children who are so beyond us. They are they are more evolved than us previous generations, and the parents don't realize that, and they're trying to mold them. But these children are not here to be molded. They're here to teach. I think it's a most intriguing message. And I can see that uh, it would relate to you very strongly. And I'm wondering if there's another kind of live situation. Well, and again, we can't take long, although I could maybe reach out uh, if, if you email me at my info at Talk Cosmos just to, a little bit here because I'm wondering if there's other live-in situations where perhaps you could be of, of, um, of service. And then, of course, our house-sitting, I, I don't know. But, yeah, house-sitting I've done in the past, but my physical situation... I'm not somebody who's going to be chosen for a position because I can barely walk. So there are many things I can't do that might need to be done. Um, well, you never know. I won't, you know, I'm not here to, to di- I'm only here to empower you. <laughs> you know, I'm only here because we, we have our tapes and we have our experiences and you're in a, a, a compromised situation, yet then again, it could be opened up. And I see that, um, so in other words, what I'm thinking is that your uh, manifestation could well be, is very strongly connected with many counseling situations. You flourish, you have 
great insights of empowerment to, to, to help with people and, and information. But it is a matter of just getting the basics. I can appreciate that and, and maybe linking up with um, the right services that can, can get you somehow. And, and I don't all, you know, I'm not necessarily hooked up or, or affiliated, of course, with, with um, many services. You know, but I am trying to reach out of the box and think that because if a person has a home, that in some ways you'd be the perfect candidate. You're not going to be creating havoc in their home. <laughs> you know, you're going to be staying there and, and <laughs> taking care of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And I also have been a volunteer mediator. I have that training, which is a very good position for me as well and something I could do without walking but what's stopping me is I have to be retrained because it's been a while and it would be hard for me to to go through a week's full-time training um, just physically so I have some blockages and I'm trying to figure out how I can burst through at least one of them and make make some progress here yeah. You know, in some ways, what's, it, you have the similar configuration of, of what is right now, and that is some extreme brilliance just innately and many capacities, many desires. And it is a matter of somehow getting the basics, getting your security of, of of the physical needs for your own survival and knowing that you have the power to do so. I, if you could somehow in bridging that, and this is just a short time, you know, I am not pulling up. In fact, I was thinking I should look at the transits, but I think we will have to wrap this up. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that if you could reach out and, and connect with um, networking, you know, you're a good networker, okay. I think, okay. and 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 realize that. Um, here, maybe I can pull up just the transits for today because I've got that right here. See if there's something that just sings. It would be valuable to know a time frame for when I'm in this position before it changes. Oh, okay. Well, that is something different. Let's see. Uh, well, at this moment, I can see that just as of today, you, well, when I say I see, I'm looking at this chart. It's not like I'm looking out in some mystic crystal ball or something. <laughs> but your home situation is foremost on your mind. It was an excellent time to call. I, uh, but it has to do, do you have any siblings or people that might be able to help you just bridge a, a, some kind of an exchange where you could maybe work with them and to get on your feet so that you could maybe some months, like, is that a possibility? All my family's in a state that I don't wish to return to. Mm. Um, 
and I have had some people invite me to stay with them, but I strongly feel like I don't want to put the inconvenience into anyone else's life. I want to keep it contained. It's my karma. Um, and I'm also very much of an introvert and a loner. Um, well, but uh, I, I do have support. That's one good thing. I do have friends I who think support me. Perhaps I would want to encourage you to step beyond that. You, you <laughs> your south node is in Aquarius, and it's in the first house. And I'm mentioning this to try to give a little bit of reasons of what I'm recognizing. And in my world of evolutionary astrology, there's soul growth, and the whole arena like Shakespeare why are we why why do we have this in our movie is is for our soul growth Mm -hmm. and inherently you do think of your own energies and you have brilliance and you network with people but there is there can be when you want to get to your authentic self but there's also can be pain trauma there there can be because of it's part of that signature and where the opposite is is with other people in partnerships and it's where you really can shine and you can be yourself and you can give a lot of you're going to have times of empowerment and times of no empowerment there's but i think for you to you're you're taking too much burden you have plenty of responsibility it could be and it's also that you're you need that energy learns through relationships it's a good reason why you would call in Libra right now because it's the seventh house of relationships so that in every dynamic of, of that, you see yourself, you see them, you, you learn, you compare, you can, you can balance that. But by, you know, you need to, there is a strength in understanding that each of us, if we understand our responsibilities to ourselves and our boundaries and that other people need to understand theirs, and to realize where we are and where they are, you know, the difference. Because being a Pisces, it's hard to have boundaries, but it's in the second house. So boundaries are, you, you do see, you realize the, the physicality. And so that could be a lesson too. But I would accept that because it would give you a moment to rest and give you that moment of personal uh, processing enough to have the strength to either take the classes that you need or else to to reach out because you have a lot of a lot of resources that it's talents that you can share and it it and you being you has a lot to offer i would i would know that and go forward but i hope this helps yes thank you so much okay meryl thank you bye-bye Well, I thank Meryl so much for calling, and if anybody else does, although we have only a few brief moments now, but still, I'll give that number out, 425-373-5527. So, with Libra, let's see, of the mythology, oh, mythologies, yes, we will go back to mythologies throughout this month, because for this particular year, there'll be three more talks of Libra in various dimensions. But the Venus star point is so important. And the Venus star point 
is where it, Venus itself is of beauty. And this is one of the reasons we know this is because Venus in this eight-year cycle of connecting five times with the sun right now in Scorpio. It, it goes Scorpio. Next, it, it has Leo, Gemini, Aries, Capricorn. Those are the five. Each point has 100 years. And in Scorpio, we're at the very end. It has 25 times it connects. It started in 2000. No, not 2000. 1926. <laughs> it gets confusing between these centuries, doesn't it? At any rate, it was 1926. And so we are at the 24th one and we'll have one more left. It's a very strong time. Venus speaking to us in Scorpio. And the whole point that next, for that will be retrograde, and that's a six-week, two-month, 40-day period of a retrograde, too. So in this particular eight and five-time session, it is it comes to pi, the golden ratio, the beautiful spiral, the perfect form of beauty. Again, it's a Venetian five-pointed star that it makes. And these five points are, uh, in essence, it's just this beautiful mathematical world that we actually live in that's, in some ways, hard to comprehend and wonderful to comprehend. So the v Venus, it's another real factor. It, in Scorpio, it purges. Scorpio is like, let me out of what's not giving me support. Let me get to the life. It's not that it loves death. It loves life. But it sees death. It sees, nah, that's not working. It's purging it. It's useless, and it's going to rebirth. We're all going through this really intense time. There could be another call, but if so, please call next week. I only have five minutes, in fact, about three minutes, and we really don't have time. Although I am giving readings, and if you're interested, I would love to talk to you and connect with me at info at talkcosmos.com. You can also get to all the archives. Last week we had Wendy Weirat, and before that we've had Virgo people. Oh, Katie. Well, Katie, I have two minutes. I, I'm going to save you. I'm going to take that down. And let's talk just for a moment. Tell me what your question is, but I'm, I don't have time to pull up your chart. Hi, Katie. What's your, Hi. Yeah. My question is about how I can advance my career. Okay, that's a biggie. Well, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, and I see you're a Leo, and yes. so you have perhaps creative things and knowing nothing else, uh, <laughs> you know what. And you were perhaps, uh, let's see, you're, going, you're uh, going to an important time of your life. You're going to your second Saturn return. Mm. We do that at 60. We did it at around 28 to 30 and 
I happen to have gone through mine, and of course, it's one of these things. It's like the marquee that you see life is happening when you're doing it, you know, or the plans that you're making. It's like, oh, really? But there usually is an opening and a resettling of a new direction. So this is a very Uh good, important question. I will write down, and if you would, I'll have Laura Tad with me next week, a wonderful astrologer, and we can start off, well, not immediately that second, but we'll we'll, we'll do that. Okay. Okay, So thank you for calling in. (laughs) Yes. And what time is your show? Uh, it's in Seattle at 6 o'clock. Where are you living right now? I'm in Seattle, actually. I just happen to t- turn on the radio. So I listen to talk radio all the time. I love it. <laughs> oh, good. So. Yeah, we be, we're every Saturday evening at 6 From p.m. 6. Yeah, 6 to 7. Oh, okay. KKNW. Wonderful. I appreciate that. Oh, Thank indeed. You so much. Okay. okay. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you, everybody. It's been delightful. I'm so glad to get calls. And we'll see you next week going with As Venus Goes Retrograde. That'll be quite the scenario with Rose Tad. Okay, blessings to all you fantastic souls. listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.